Okay, we're back uh, on the investigative journal. My guest is Alan Watt, uh, cuttingthroughthematrix.com. I think if you go there, you'll find it uh, quite interesting. Alan's uh, really asked to appear on many, many shows all over the Internet, and uh, you can hear him on many different stations. And I want to mention this, that Alan uh, is a perfectly, like he says on his website, and this is important, he's a perfectly genuine human being that has no agent or manager to arrange any of his interviews. He belongs to no group, sect, or political party, has no hidden agendas, which is good to know. We'll say that up front. And uh, if you would like to hear him more, uh, you know, just contact me at my website, and we'll have Alan on again. And I'm sure uh, he has an upcoming schedule I'm seeing here. He's on a number of shows coming up. And I can see why. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a possibility, uh, Alan, that the type of person that you are, and uh, I, I can add to that. I'm, I belong to no group, sector, political party, and have no hidden agenda. Uh, our type of free-thinking ideas, um, no matter where they go, uh, won't be seen in this world maybe in another 30 to 40 to 50 years. What do you think? Well, in, in that time, they plan to have everyone brain-chipped. <laughs> uh, so people won't be able to think at all. And I'm not kidding about that. They've, they've actually done testing on this. This is the big push now. Uh, making the people think it's a natural progression from the computer to the uh, to the little uh, uh, blueberry uh, that they have, little machine, uh, to the, the cell phone, and then to the brain chip. People are getting indoctrinated. This is a natural evolution. However, once that brain chip is installed, and they've had world meetings on this at big universities like Loyola University in Louisiana, world science meetings, the, the chip is ready to go. It does interface with your neurons, your nervous system. It will be able to transmit to your brain and, and transmit from your brain to central regionalized computers. Uh, this is ready to go. All they have to do now is convince the public to accept it. And they're doing that through movies and fiction. The youngsters are already, it's all through their cartoons. They think it's going to be a wonderful idea. But what they're not telling you is once you take this chip and flick the main switch, and the real purpose kicks on, you will no longer be you. <laughs> no longer what, me. What they said <laughs> at Loyola was, uh, in fact, you'll be unable to even perceive of yourself as a distinct, separate individual. Very interesting. We had a call from New York. Judy's on the line. Judy, do uh, you have a question for my guest, Alan? Oh, I probably had about 20. Hi. Well, I'll go right ahead. Uh, this is a great show, Greg. And, Alan, it's always a pleasure to listen to you. Um, the agenda that you're describing obviously was crafted a long time ago, and it seems to be going along according to plan, even though there seems to be a whole industry that has sprung up around these events, such as taking on the New World Order and 9-11 Truth, which to me just seem um, more like confusion than anything else, unfortunately. Now, um, I think that you basically answered my question, because from what I've been hearing, it looks as if we're in the final chapter of the USA, yeah. and uh, there's no hope for people like me, who's a useless feeder, <laughs> and unless the answer is spiritual, and that's probably what my question has evolved into. Mm -hmm. and, and it does, ultimately, it doesn't matter how much you know about this, and how much you understand about it, ultimately it comes down to Life itself, the purpose of life for everyone, 
and, and is there something beyond it that we have to fulfill ourselves on a different path as opposed to if we are governments have decided they're going to take us. And it's, it is obvious to me that it's only a, a spiritual type shift would, would shift us out of this, this uh, dialectic of, of governments and us opposing the government and traditional methods, which they're well aware of and very used to. Uh, we have to go on a different path. And in the past, it's been spiritual movements that have always shifted gear for the people into much higher things, uh, and which ultimately end up with different ways of living. We do need a different way of living, but we don't need the elite's planned agenda. We can't go on the way we are, where it's dog-eat-dog dog in a psychopathic culture, and success uh, uh, depends upon how many people you can destroy on your way up to the top. Uh, and there's people going homeless on the street or can't afford operations. There's nothing humane in this system. This is an inhumane system. So from a spiritual point of view, and spiritual is such a, un, such a dirty word. It's been stamped into the mud by uh, the New Age movement and everyone else so many times. It's almost like love. Love means nothing anymore either. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so we have to go beyond that and find out what, what that other part of humanity is, what is a true spiritual connection between you and some creator and those around you as well. How do you manifest it? And we certainly can't manifest it in a moneyed, greed-corrupted system of dog-eat-dog and very clever con men and psychopaths getting to the top and feeding off us all. Uh, We've got to change the system into a new way. Do you think there's any truth, any validity to what people are saying about as we enter the age of Aquarius, we're going to be um, in a different frequency, we're going to have our, quote, junk DNA activated, and um, so there's going to be uh, almost like that hundredth monkey syndrome where people are going to start uh, reaching a critical mass in consciousness, or do you think that that's just wishful thinking or New Age hype? It's the whole New Age movement, unfortunately, was led from, from the high Masonic groups from the beginning. And they've kept them running in circles, they've kept them in denial. In fact, they teach them, don't look at the negative things. And because of that, they're the most ignorant of all of what's actually happening. They're taught not to look at the bad side of, of daily life. Uh, just look at the positive things. And it's a very me-orientated type new religion. Uh, as far as Aquarius goes, you have to understand the higher significance of Aquarius. Um, Aquarius comes really through, through the Roman legends from the Greek legends, um, where, where Aquarius was actually a beautiful young boy that was raped by Zeus, a homosexual rape. Uh, and uh, the water that he carries is not just from the sea where he was raped, but it also means the pool of life, the gene pool. When that gene pool is emptied out, you'll have a new type of man in the age of Aquarius, which is neither quite male nor female. That's what it stands for. So oh. uh, we can go either way um, yeah. at this point. It's, uh, it is, sometimes it, it just seems so hopeless, and especially if they chip us. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a believer in the soul. I can't prove yeah. it, but I think I can prove it. Mm-hmm. And um, it sounds as if once we're chipped, we won't be soulless. Our thoughts will not be our own. It sounds like we're just doomed. Well, that, well that's the problem. Uh, you're, you're, 
put it this way, what we know about the brain itself uh, is one thing. The best neurosurgeon cannot tell you what the mind is. We know when the brain gets damaged, certain parts of the, the mechanisms fail to work properly like a machine, but we still don't know what the mind is. Is that what your soul is? Soul used to be the activating principle that drove you towards higher things called spirit. That's what it meant. And uh, the brain chip is going to stop. It's going to stop interfacing or have the possibility of going beyond the natural to something greater. It's, it's a form of stopping you getting it. So, yeah, you'll be fixed, basically fixed in, in the world uh, and be unable to even have higher critical thinking and on any topic that's not programmed into you by the elite themselves. And then what happens to the mind, since uh, it that's appears it. that the whole world is mind? Yeah. Well, at the Loyola meeting, the, the professor from Japan who'd been working on this brain chip, which is ready to go, said that, uh, that, that um, think of it more like the, the hive rather than individuals. You'll, you'll have a hive mentality where you'll hear uh, whispers of instructions going to those around you and whispers of their thoughts going through you back to the main computer. Well, that's exactly what you've been watching on Star Trek with the Borg. Mm -hmm. That's what the Borg's all about. And the Borg are all one. In the New Age movement, you hear the mantra, we're all one. Well, sure, for the New Agers, they're all going to get their chance. They'll all be one. It's just that they won't have to retain their individuality to do anything with it. <laughs> I think I've said that mantra myself a couple yeah. of times, but I didn't mean it that way. I mm -hmm. meant that there's an interconnectedness. Yeah. I don't know whether quoting Teilhard de Chardin is any better, but that there is an interconnectedness, just like that one arm is interconnected with another, though we don't see it. Yeah. And it doesn't mean to me turning us all into Hare Krishna types. You know? That's right. It means that what I do to you, uh, I do to myself, basically. And, and that is a truism. For, for every, every um, action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. There's no such thing in this world as free when it comes to certain choices. The tremendous consequences from what we think are flippant choices that come back in our own lives. And these are natural laws, that's true, yeah. And Judy, stay on the line, uh, and I want to ask both of you a question, uh, because we're going down this path uh, that seems to be a path of hopelessness. I mean, people that are listening, uh, including myself, we get this idea that uh, all these people are all powerful. Uh, they have the power, the money, the control. And uh, I guess what I'm saying is I've always... You know, I've always cheered for the underdog, and I'm always looking for ways to clog up their clog up their motors and to slow them down a little bit. Uh, and the, what I mean by that is, uh, do you guys think? And I'll ask Alan uh, first, and then, then you, Judy, uh, that if uh, we were stronger individually, all of us, and we could somehow harness this and actually pinpoint who these people are and nail them to the wall and to show people uh, that, you know, not by just talking in generalities, but by specifics. Okay, this guy involved in this political organization is involved with this religious organization to do one thing, and that is to destroy this country, to take away everything. And if we could get this kind of change, 
where we'd get rid of all these people in government who follow these people, rid of all these religious leaders who are untrue and who are deceptive and just so cunning and uh, just so evil. Uh, is there a way to divert this and to stop it and to turn it into a country of good people ruling each other and religious thoughts and people working together to find that creator? What do you think, Alan? And then, Judy, you can chime in after. Go ahead. I think that uh, one thing is you can't save that which you never had. You see, what we've had in the past is only parts of the same elite system that they've given the people and the people grow up thinking it's natural. Uh, what we need is a new way, a new way, a humane way of getting back to what humanity is all about. This system we're in, we can't save it. I wouldn't want to save it. I keep telling people, I wouldn't, I'm not here to save this system or to stop yeah, it. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. Uh, I, maybe I wasn't clear. To change it, to change it into something new yeah. and better. And that part there is exciting itself when you realize that the culmination of thousands of years are, are happening right now. It's here. It's now. In previous times, people could read all their books or their holy books and imagine, but never know. We're living in the time when they can stop you buying and selling. We're living in the time through technology and science they can cause the earthquakes and the floods and the famines and the pestilences and the diseases. They have all that done with science today. Now is the, the, the critical time for, for the few people across the whole planet to start living a completely different way of life and manifesting it in their own life to those around them. And, and it's only through that and the questioning of the purpose of life itself and how can we become more human, which means more spiritual as well. That's all part of being human and, and alter this rather than go uh, get our heads locked together and battle with the elite's armies. That's what they want. That's what they expect. That's how they're used to, to uh, dealing with us. And that's how they're used to us dealing with them, done through history with counter-revolutions. We must we find a different way. Excuse Judy? me. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it was Einstein, I'm going to paraphrase, he said that you can solve a problem on the level on which it has been created. And it reminds me of a drug dealer on the corner. You can arrest the drug dealer, but two days later there'll be a new drug dealer. Because this is the level of consciousness that we're at now. And um, we're, for some reason, the people that are attracted to this game, and no matter from what they call themselves, they really are psychopaths. Yeah. And there are plenty of them, more than I ever realized. So if we can start, I think that the revolution has to be a spiritual revolution. Otherwise, we're just going to have a war, and they have the bigger and better weapons, the bigger and better toys, and we're, we're lost. They can yeah. microwave us as we're walking down the street. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, I guess, uh, Judy, you could still stay on the line. I wanted to uh, get to this course that Alan has uh, in deprogramming. And maybe uh, you could tell us a little bit about that and use maybe uh, me as a guinea pig. How can you deprogram me from uh, the past? It's a matter of showing, first showing you what you already think of things or believe things are or how they are and then showing you how they really are. As I say, that, that, even simply when I was talking about perceptions of events, when you see something which is the same as something else, it's the same thing. 
no matter if they call it a different thing, where the cops impound your car or a highwayman steals your car, it's the same act. How can one be unlawful and one lawful? Uh, stealing is stealing. So it's a matter of showing you how your perceptions have been warped uh, so that you don't actually realize what's really happening. Uh, and uh, that's what I mean by deprogramming them, plus showing them the coding that's through their, their religion and uh, the words that they use in their language. See, we think like computers. We are, in a sense, computers in this physical world. Uh, every computer has a logic, and it has a language given to it. And a good programmer should be able to take a question from you and tell you that the answer that the computer will come to because he knows the logic and the language of that computer. If you watch the techniques of all education and media pronouncements and documentaries that are given to the public, they're given in specific sequences using the language of your culture with words that are specially selected, given in a certain formula form, so that you are going to come to a pre-arranged conclusion, uh, a conclusion planned by, by the purveyors of that, of that documentary or the news or whatever. Uh, that's how we are worked. Psych it's an incredible psychology that's used on all of us from the time we are born. It's a perfected psychology because they know our language and by feeding us specific information and omitting other parts of information, they know the conclusions that we always arrived at and that that's what they want. They have written about this and boasted about it and we're living it now. The public are programmed on a daily basis, mainly through their media right. and through and their movies and fiction too. Yeah. Judy, any more questions? Uh, no. I, just when, Alan, when you were just talking about that, I was thinking of the um, alternative media because I've watched myself react just like a Pavlovian dog to certain buzzwords, and I know that they're out there to have me react that way or to sell a product or whatever. And um, it's almost like you have to discard, you have to have almost like a Zen mind, you know? Yes. And yeah. you have to just discard everything that you think is going on. And I don't know how you feel about, um, some people say, and I guess it, it comes from uh, Hindu cosmology, but that the world is basically a mirror, and we're looking in the mirror. And we're to so busy trying to clean the mirror as opposed to looking within ourselves. Mm -hmm. And if we can start looking within ourselves, if we can start recognizing the evil, the killer, the... The, the primal rage, the we won't have to project it out into the world so much, and maybe we can raise our uh, our level a few notches. Yeah. That's right. People, as you know, people, because they're trained in a system that's inhumane and runs on fear in, the, in this world, always has, in the money system, fear of want, poverty, homelessness, uh, having no friends, being sick, and being unable to get treated, it's run on a fear-based system, and that's why you have the most insured countries in the world, uh, Canada and the U.S. It's a fear-based thing. Everyone's terrified of being poor, and because of that, you get a neurotic, exaggerated need for wealth, and, that, and so we have a psychopathic culture which promotes success by all and any means possible at anyone else's expense, and if you can get up there without being put in prison, then you've suddenly become respectable and you've made it. You can go like the Kennedys and sit in the Congress forever. 
uh, <laughs> it's the same con game. So, yeah, we've got to get away from this system and stop emulating people we're told are now heroes because they got up there, the Donald Trumps and all the rest of them, and, and start taking our worth as, as fellow human beings, not by what we neurotically accumulate in the bank. And also these um, exoteric religions, all they do is promote fear. Yes. If we had a true sense of spirituality, like I believe, or I think I know, <laughs> because of certain experiences I've had, that my life will not end with the final curtain on planet Earth. Yep. Now, if I could really internalize that so that I could eat, breathe, and sleep it almost, there would be nothing to be afraid of because... I wouldn't have to fear death, and death is one of the great ones. And what's going to happen to me afterwards in the religions, uh, you know, I'll give you the hellfire and brimstone or whatever. You're going to yeah. pay the piper. and just uh, It just makes it, rather than to give you some solace, it seems that they do just the opposite. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, we, we, anyway, we've never, I think I've never taken been enough of your time, gentlemen. Thank you so much. It's oh, okay. Thank you, Judy. You're uh, very welcome. Judy. Bye-bye. Judy from New York. And, uh, yeah, you were going to say, Alan, uh, go ahead, that, that we never get the time to, to really... To sit and ponder life itself. We're always worrying, scurrying, running off to try and accumulate or keep up with the Joneses or pay the latest fee or taxes or whatever else it happens to be. And it's constant. We run through our whole lives and never get a chance to stop, relax, and, and wonder. But, you know, most people... Um, are, are living uh, and hiding in great misery within themselves. They have a great hole inside themselves, a, a gaping hole, uh, and they try to. And they've been taught that only by purchasing and buying are you going to be happy. Try and fill that hole, but it's a bottomless pit because they're looking in the wrong directions for what makes life worth and gives it happiness and, and contentment. We don't have that in the Western societies because it is corrupt. It is built on a hierarchy of dog-eat-dog dog and get to the top. And why are we so surprised when the people at the bottom are ripping each other off in a corrupt system that the boys at the top are ripping us off in an even bigger corrupt system? Why are we surprised? The whole system runs on corruption. Yeah, good point. How are you going to cope with the changes coming if they do? What are your plans? Are there any, you know, practically speaking, um, are there any places in your mind that are safer than others? Uh, is there a way to cope with the coming uh, uh, clampdown, I guess, on our freedoms and on our norm, the things we normally uh, need to survive in this world? What, what, what are your plans? I, I would hope that those who have enough, enough um, insight into what I'm talking about, and there are a lot of people out there who are getting to that stage now, they have done their homework. They've looked at all sides of everything. They've looked at the heroes, the anti-heroes, and, and all the group leaders that you're given down through society um, and realized that you've got to go beyond all of that to change society. Um, and they are speaking out now. They are demanding to know all of the affiliations that the people that you vote into office belong to. You mm -hmm. must ask if, if they are members of occultic or Masonic or Freemasonic or related groups. You must ask that they've given oaths to, for, for world societies or globalism or the brotherhood of man, as they often couch it. Um, right. 
you, you, because you're giving authority to these people to come in and, and make laws that are going to affect you. And that goes from your local school board to your local town council all the way up to the federal government. You have the right to demand to, that these guys' lives are fully laid out for you. If they want to rule you and, and perhaps even sentence you to death with their powers, you better find out how, who these people are and demand, you know. And if, and if you find out they do belong to these organizations that have sworn allegiance to a global society, they're already traitors to your national system anyway. Exactly. And practically speaking, though, are there any places in this uh, in North America safer than others in the coming days? I don't know so much about safer. Um, probably more in the, in, in the, the sticks and the boonies, uh, at least for a period which is coming, where they will give us all the shortages, the food, the energy shortages, etc. It certainly would be much easier in the country to survive if you can stand a little bit of hardship as opposed to stuck in a city when they tur- where they turn your water off, stop their food coming into the grocery stores, and then you're dependent upon the United Nations to give you handouts, all- always with a, a little um, uh, something attached to it. You give nothing for nothing from the United Nations. But exactly. that, that will happen. The city would be the worst possible place to be because you cannot support yourself, even individually within a city, unless you go out and plunder the guys next door and rob them of their food. Right, and then you can, uh, in so many different ways, figure out ways in the in the country to survive uh, with alternative type of power, uh, with water sources that are more abundant, that you can uh, filter water, and also, uh, in a sense, uh, by, uh, gather together with the people living in the country to uh, uh, for some type of food source uh, where people can get together. And uh, it may come to the day where you have to go out in the woods and uh, hunt again. Yes, and that, that's where all the, all the gizmos and gadgets that they sell for survival have to be thrown into the river because you can't haul all that stuff around with you. Uh, all you need are a few basic tools and right. the knowledge of how to use them, hunt, trap, and, and all the rest of it, and live as simply as possible. Any technology is going to, is going to you'd be more time, you'd spend more time fixing the stuff than you will using it. Uh, yeah, you know, it might not even be a bad practice for people to practice this, uh, you know, technique. For example, there are different parts of the world where you need different survival skills to really yeah. make it in the wild. Uh, but like you said, if you're in, if you're in the desert area, mm-hmm. there's certain skills you should learn. If you're in the high country yeah. uh, of Scotland, there are different skills. If if you're in the Rocky Mountains. And like you said, with a flint uh, and basically uh, a little bit of something to hold water, uh, and there's even ways to get around that, you can survive a long time if you know what you're doing uh, off of the land. And many of us have no idea what berries you can eat, what, you know, and this may sound primitive, but when it boils down to it, uh, man has a strong sense of survival. And if you use these techniques, uh, you may be able to uh, to continue on because none of us want, you know, that basically a man's sense of survival is based on our primitive needs. And right now we are so dependent upon the system for that, we must start learning how to do it on our own. And no better place than to start thinking about the desert land, the different ways to survive in the high country, 
And like you said, you don't need a lot of tools. All the things no. they sell, you don't need those things. You need common sense. Common sense and simplicity. simplicity yeah, for example, how are you going to stay warm in the winter uh, if you're up in the mountains? How are you going to stay cool if you're, you're stranded in the desert for a week? Yeah. I mean, and do you understand the difference between the, you know, many, uh, it's just a, it's an um, impossible to talk, to discuss everything now, but if it boils down to that, uh, those are the final people that may survive. Yeah. <laughs> while, the, while the rest of us don't, correct? Yeah. And it's yeah. also, it's also uh, to do with, with um, uh, how long will that period last. We know, they've, they've told us from the top, they're going to give us, uh, as I say, massive energy cutbacks. Um, pandemonium will break loose uh, on and off down through the next few years, etc. So at least knowing how to survive through the basic uh, times with basic equipment is all you really need for, to get through those times. And any hope for the best. Right, let's take a short break. We'll be back for our final segment with Alan Watts. Okay, we're back on the investigative journal. For the last half hour, my guest has been uh, Alan Watts. And if you want to call us, uh, let me give out the number, 559-781-3773. That's 559-781-3773. And, uh, Alan, what I wanted to talk to you about this half hour was specifically, and I, I kind of have taken on a, uh, uh, a lot of interest in trying to uncover uh, the evils of the Vatican because of their history. I, uh, one of the ways they do wipe out people, in the, even in the modern world now, is through genocide, uh, through uh, constant wars. Uh, we can look back to Rwanda. Uh, we can look back to uh, the Balkans in 1992, and then back to World War II, of course. And uh, this is an organization uh, that I believe is involved in the occult, uh, connected with Freemasonry under the table, as was found out uh, when Pope John Paul I was killed, and before he was killed in the Vatican, he uh, uncovered more than 200 high-level archbishops and bishops involved in Masonic lodges, which is supposedly a violation of canon law and a, a matter of excommunication. Uh, however, we have a hypocrisy going on, and because this organization is so large, around the world, and so wealthy and powerful, it needs to be dealt with. And I wondered how you deal with it uh, in your research and what you recommend people to do about this organization that I guess began uh, in, a, in, a, in a bad light during the time of Constantine. Go ahead. Well, yeah, these uh, secret organizations have been here maybe for thousands of years. Uh, some claim to go back to a time when they tried to create a global world system a long, long time ago. And uh, at the end, um, 
it, it didn't quite pan out for them, and they, they scattered. And the people hunted them down and tried to kill them because of what they'd brought upon the world. And so they started off again with their secret uh, signs and passwords to recognize each other. I wouldn't be surprised if there is truth to that, to be honest with you. Uh, why would big charitable institutions need to take blood oath of death to the betray secrets? What's that got to do with charity and mm -hmm. self-improvement of an individual? It's because it's, uh, it's really deceiving point. It's like a big sieve where you put in um, the, the, the big drain and, and the small stuff comes through. They sift the ones they can use and put upstairs into the higher, higher truths of Masonic uh, coding that, that lets them into this big mafia world system where they are allowed to fleece the profane. They believe the profane, those that live in darkness, the general public, the people who've accepted the world as it's been presented and indoctrinated into them, they believe they have the right to fleece the sheep. And they have no plans in doing it. They boast about it. In fact, all the scams that they, they pull off, that's what they boast amongst themselves about. So um, we've got to realize that this is not a good charitable institution. You cannot have a free society and secret societies coexisting together. It's, it's an impasse. It's one or the other. And you'll find that even Kennedy gave great speeches about having to end the secret societies within government itself. That was one of the last speeches he gave to the United Press Club before he was assassinated. I think that had something to do with it. Yeah. And yes, there's no doubt at all about it that uh, even that the ancient um, uh, church fathers of Rome wrote about the fact um, uh, of, of having an external ceremony for the masses, that's where the mass comes from, and Clementine and others said that once the mass have gone, we, the higher orders, have our own private meeting for ourselves once the doors are closed. This has always been within the church. Alistair Crowley, who was recruited while a member of the Anglican Church in England, he wrote about that in his own memoirs, uh, said that every religion, authorized religion, is also a recruiting service or agency to take people into the side degrees, into the higher orders for those who can be used to go higher. And that's always been the case with religion. In fact, if you understand what the Bible really is, you'll see the hidden coding in all of these little stories. Uh, that's why that Bible is on every uh, pre-Masonic temple on the altar. That's why uh, the eight members of the, the York at New, Law, uh, New York uh, swear in this, uh, the president with the Bible that's escorted by those eight members from New York to Washington, D.C., with the swearing and ceremony of every president. That's the Masonic Bible, and you understand the coding within. You understand how the system is really run. In the Old Testament, slavery is accepted by the deity, for instance. There's nothing good out there that's bad about slavery. Um, making mass profits off the stupidity of others is also hidden in there, if you understand it, too. Uh, it's showing you the con man's rule book to world domination, basically. Uh, that's how I see it, and that's used by the high Freemasons um, as, as a guideline 
uh, of how to run this system and maintain it for themselves. Well, what about the idea, some people say that the um, Vatican is setting uh, the world up for a one, not only a one-world government, but a one-world religion. Uh, what's your thoughts about that? Well, I, what's interesting is that, that not only the Catholic Church, but those involved in this push towards the creation of a world religion, uh, a new age religion for the world, like Gorbachev, who has written in his own books, uh, such as Towards a New Civilization, he said, we are creating a new religion for the world, which is to be based on earth worship. And um, when you look at who could possibly bring this about, who has all of the documentation on religions and the, and all the formulas of pushing religions down through many, many centuries, but the Catholic Church itself. If, right. you, if you look at the fact that the Catholic Church took into itself all of the old pagan deities and called them saints, for instance, um, if, if you see all of the hidden meanings in their architecture, which really are open to me at least, I could give you guiding guided tours around cathedrals and point out the whole occult right there. Um, uh, why did they have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the Bible, uh, the north, south, east, and west? Why did they have each one of them painted in the Sistine tra uh, Chapel uh, in the Vatican? Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is the, e is the eagle, the lion, uh, the man, and the bull as Taurus and Leo, etc., and, and Aquarius as well. Uh, why, why is that in there? Who were these evangelists, these four apostles, or was it completely a stellar fiction to begin with? This is known by the high priests uh, in the Curia. They understand all of this stuff very yeah, well. And I, and I, you know, I happened to live uh, and work in Italy from Rome for six years during the 80s and uh, learned a lot from these uh, priests that I would meet and uh, some of the secrets that they would tell me that were down there and uh, how they manipulated and they would even openly say if you ask them a question uh, about certain things they would say the masses hear one thing the people hear one thing and we know another and they can never know this or there'd be mass chaos that would be their answer to me all the time when I questioned some of the Vatican's uh, uh, architecture when I questioned uh, other things about the real underpinnings of the Catholic Church and what it made me see was that it was such a huge controlling mechanism funded by billions and billions of dollars in gold and uh, amazing and uh, nothing to do with salvation of people uh, they could care less I think you know what I'm saying yeah, it's yeah. been one huge business, you see. And the Catholic Church, interestingly enough, uh, promoted uh, the whole idea of the same money system throughout Europe. Um, they brought in the usurers throughout Europe. They forbid all the Gentiles to use usury, but they wanted the usurers to be all throughout Europe in order to spread the money, in order that they could tax that money from the people because the, the Vatican runs on money itself. Exactly. Uh, so, so it's accumulated incredible wealth over uh, the last couple of thousand years, uh, and, um, and it has investments across the planet in some of the biggest you know, uh, corporations, in fact, on the planet. 
what's what's a what's a religion that's after your soul and your soul doing running uh, as complete um, antithesis the money system which cannot can never be clean it couldn't money yeah, exactly. cannot be clean yeah, yeah exactly and uh, they have the best uh, you know the biggest hoax ever uh, put on mankind and that that is how they hide or have held Jesus hostage uh, when in fact uh, an interesting uh, way to look at them is, for example, in a recent article in this magazine in Rome uh, called Christianita, uh, I had a guest on uh, who was talking about the Pope being gay, and there was information, uh, high-level information, uh, that he has a 24-year-old lover, and this came from the head of the Monte Carlo P2 Lodge, amongst others who are a bit upset uh, about it, and uh, all you can say, all I asked my guest was why, and they said, well, they're still here in Italy, this masculine, uh, uh, you know, this, this uh, upsetment over homosexuality, even though in the, in the dark rooms they accept it, they still uh, find it difficult to accept the Pope was gay. Well, after these kind of stories came out, uh, one of the more high-level people in the Vatican who works in a religious group, uh, well, he works for one of their research centers, uh, wrote a scathing article saying that I should spend more time, uh, and this came out in a Catholic publication in the Vatican, that I should spend more time looking for Elvis Presley than to criticize the Vatican, and that I was completely out of my mind and insane to think they were involved in any of this wrongdoing. But at the same time, we researched an article that this guy, uh, he, he gave an interview in 1993 to a magazine and admitted that he was a Satanist and had very many uh, experiences with the occult, worked closely with the Vatican, and was a Catholic. Now, go figure that out. <laughs> well, it's interesting, too, that Malachi Martin came out, uh, and he'd been uh, an advisor to two or three popes, Mm -hmm. And he was a Jesuit priest, and he wrote his books on windswept house and different ones, explaining the corruption that had gone so far that, that the whole Vatican was, was, was rotten, that it could be saved, mm -hmm. uh, and that the deviancy was rampant throughout it, through all the different orders of priesthoods. But there's nothing really new in that, you know. No. I mean, what man wants to dress up in, in a woman's dress anyway? Uh, and, and live his life with other men and, and have nothing to do with women. I mean, what does that tell you? Exactly. It's either that or the army. Yeah, and uh, there's another, in fact, I interviewed another archbishop. He's a former archbishop of Guatemala who lives in your country, in Canada. Uh, he's, uh, he was a former emissary between the black pope, uh, the head of the Jesuits, and the pope, and worked in a high-level position in the Vatican before becoming archbishop of Guatemala. And he uh, basically verified exactly what you were saying about Malachi Martin and the high-level corruption in, uh, in the Vatican and the satanic elements there. Uh, and uh, he, he uh, left the priesthood and lives in Canada now. So, I mean, here's a living archbishop, former archbishop, who's verifying what we're talking about, but yet no one believes it. That's the real mystery to this whole story. It's not difficult and, when you realize that, that uh, when you indoctrinate children into a perception of one thing or dispute in one way, it's very difficult for them ever to imagine it any other way. 
it's true incredible indoctrination, but all religions work on the same principles. Uh, oh, and yeah, even and as a Catholic, Alan, I understand that. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm one of the few. Uh, I don't know why I've been able to criticize, to find, to understand this. It wasn't easy in the beginning because I had this uh, close connection to the church as a youth. I mean, as a kid, I grew up uh, as a Catholic boy. I was an epistle reader. Uh, I wanted to be a priest when I was ten. I can remember, and uh, then went off to Catholic high school. Uh, so you know, I can understand that. Uh, and that's how all religions work, and that's why they are so limiting to mankind yeah. instead of and, really. And, you know, they always you. end up with, with the perverted class within them because it's an easy life for these guys that join the priesthood. Uh, they're guaranteed a good wage, they're guaranteed a lot of perks and benefits, uh, and uh, great good pensions and all of it, and good health care. Uh, it's an easy life for these characters. And yeah, they, everything's taken care of for them. Yeah. You know? It's a business, you see. I mean, where did, did Jesus ever say, you know, take a company uh, a job and a company benefit and, uh, and all that? No, he didn't say that. He says, you have life and take your chances. You have to live on faith. Right. Faith, not the corporation. Exactly. And, and, uh, and here you have a, a business thing going. It's a corporation, really. And um, running the supposed soul life of, of other people, the spiritual life of others. But, but again, uh, Protestantism is just as bad. Uh, they don't go into the basic meanings of Christianity. They're just another dog dogmatic institution that's used for control. Uh, they don't even understand the basic double speaks within the Bible where freedom was pushed to the limit. And, and, and the guy that was supposedly following died standing up to the system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. Uh, I didn't want to read about, oh, maybe uh, eight minutes to go. I didn't want to forget those two other books uh, that you have uh, for sale on your website. If people want to go read your books, go to uh, www.cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And I wanted to talk about the second one and the third one, A Glimpse into the Great Work and the esoteric unveiled uh, and the meaning of revelations in the high Masonic tradition. If you could briefly tell us what those two books get into, and maybe we've covered some of it, but anyway, I wanted to uh, finish with that. Yeah, I go into the, 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 higher, the higher meanings. There's different levels of meanings as you go up uh, through the occult or masonry. The occult just means the hidden, that which is hidden from the public. Mm -hmm. It comes from the eye, the oculus, the, the eye. You see the seeing eye. The seeing eye, the third eye, is your mind. That's what your mind is. No matter what your eyes, eyes actually bring in, it's your mind that must uh, figure out the information and put it in the proper little slots and so on. So, you're, so I go through how your mind should work. I show you how to make it work through the use of the symbols and the explanations. And, I, and, and the, the third book, I go through revelations according to the, the, the high uh, solar and stellar and lunar uh, religions, and it makes sense of revelations for the first time when you go through of it. It can't even be argued about once you see what it really means. And I also, in the third book, go through the creation of money from the ancient times and how, with the introduction of money and commerce, uh, the elite arose, created uh, um, an idol uh, class of thinkers 
that became their civil servants that then could dominate and run society. He couldn't have had that without the, the bringing in of money to create a leisured class with time to sit and ponder the great things of society and rule them. So money is the key to it all. And I go through the history of how they use money to set up nations, use those nations to start wars and fund wars, and then how they pull the money out of that nation once it served its purpose and move on down through time and history from the earliest times. Uh, and it's from all uh, ancient sources and so on that I use the, the history as documented. But we've got to understand we're not living in a natural system at all. We're living in an incredible unnatural system, anti-humane system, that must come to where it is now, today. It has no choice. Once you leave Eden, which means nature, and, and go along that path out of Eden, science and, and this corrupt system must always end up trying to dominate everybody on the planet for full control because full control means you that every individual on the planet must be predictable and that means total surveillance it literally means owning your mind that's where it takes you once you leave Eden and we've got to find a different way to get off of this path and find a new path before it's too late do you see any difference between the way Canadian citizens are reacting to what's going on in North America than American citizens, or is it primarily the same to you? The, the Canada is no different than America anymore. Uh, Maybe it never was. It never was. Uh, you, you really, this whole business about the borders is such a farce. The elite knew that to tax people, they, they need warfare or the threat of war, and so they gave us the borders. That means the order of the B, B order, is a border. That's a high Masonic joke. If you go along the U.S.-Canada border and get off the main roads and walk along the border, both sides, you will see Masonic obelisks that mark the borders of Canada and the U.S. from coast to coast. <laughs> it was a Masonic deal, and, and in the 1800s, they finalized the border, and it was one of the Rothschilds who was given another Lord's title uh, who came over and fixed the borders for U.S. and Canada. Interesting. I never knew that. So you can actually see the obelisks as you walk the border, huh? Yes, you can. Yeah, they're all right across the entire border, both sides. Yeah. Hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, we're getting, we're getting to a point where uh, most Americans, anyway, uh, have, uh, I think, basically, uh, if they can allow a person like Bush to take office, what's next? I mean, uh, I look at the future of this country, and... Uh, I, I, I have a hard time politically to see it. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a joke. There, it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's almost as if it's, we're living some kind of uh, fantasy. Yeah. And if we looked at the reality of what we're doing, I think what you said earlier, uh, we need a change. <laughs> yes. It's not going to work inside the same system anymore. We, we can't. Never... Uh, as I said, they set up the system and the agenda of free trade and the amalgamation of countries under free trade for democracy back in the 1500s in London at Queen Elizabeth I's court. And John Dee was a guy who coined the term the British Empire based on a system of free trade where countries would be given most favored nation status, as we've given China recently. Same thing. This is a 500-odd-year plan. This, this part of the plan that we're living through today. And huh. London has been putting their boys in 
um, these interbred people into politics for years in, in all countries, including the U.S. And it's funny that every U.S. president pretty well is related to the British royalty and has been for the last, well, even Washington was. And once they've done their job, they, they all go over to get knighted by the Queen. I mean, haven't people ever figured this out yet? <laughs> yeah, it's just amazing to me. And I see on your one last, uh, we got a couple of minutes here, and uh, this is an interesting topic that uh, I get into with people, and I, I, believe, I think I believe the same way you do. And you say, for those who wish to information on reptilian people rather than waste my time, please check the entertainment sections of major bookstores. And uh, this reminds me of a, a small argument I got into with David Icke, uh, when he would mix the Vatican with the reptilian people. And I uh, just wondered your thoughts about that. I think you made it clear here. But it, it to me, is a, a, a waste of time and a diversion to be thinking in those terms. What's your thoughts? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, the, the whole reptilian business was uh, 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 put out there as, a, as almost like a counterintelligence. Because if you want to discredit truth, you just mix the, the truth that's been spoken, like the intelligence, that's what they call it, the true intelligence that's been spoken by people going around halls and have been for 50, 60 years. Um, you take that intelligence, you add the farcical to it, and you discredit the intelligence. So you throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah, good point, and I uh, agree with you on that wholeheartedly. Uh, and uh, one last thing before we go, we get about a minute. Uh, if you are a betting man, uh, what does the world look like in 2012? In 2012, United States, yeah, the amalgamation is already over with. The amalgamation of China uh, and, and the rest of the Far East is, is uh, almost complete. And 2012 is the time that, that the United Nations is supposed to be in charge of the world and as a supreme government. Interesting. Well, listen, Alan, I want to thank you for being on the show. And again, uh, I want to give out your website, uh, cuttingthroughthematrix.com. I recommend you go there, uh, read a lot of what Alan's written about. And uh, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a pleasure. Okay, Alan. That was Alan Watt, and uh, we'll have him on again. Uh, boy, that about ends it today. we got an, a good two-hour show. I want to thank our callers. And also, I want to mention that I'll be on tomorrow, same time, uh, every day on LibertyRadioLive.com. You can get the copy of this show on Liberty Radio's archives. And then know, about a week later, you can get it on my website uh, at ArcticBeacon.com. And you can go there and boy, get a lot of past articles over the years and past uh, radio interviews. Hope you do that. Uh, support my cause. I'm always looking to um, keep the truth, uh, keep a search for the truth moving. Need your help. You can support me by going to that website. And until tomorrow, good afternoon.